if you're not nourishing yourself and your body is underfed and you don't have enough minerals for your body to actually make changes and hold them in your system, you might find that you don't get very far or you keep revisiting the same things over and over again. I like the advice and path of starting with the nutrition and minerals because it's something that is accessible and simple. We can do it with a framework and it provides a foundation and a holding and a security for the feminine system to be able to expand into deeper states of self-reflection, self-love, and self-knowing. This is the Made for Living Well podcast, hosted by Alexa Sherm, the place to create a life well-lived. Welcome back to the show. As always, my name's Alexa, and I'm so pumped that you're here. This is the place where I really want to start changing the narrative in the health space to show you that you're more than just a body, but you're a mind and a soul, and it's all three coming together to create the whole of who you are. And if we're going to be healthy, we really have to focus on all three. You can't have one without the others. And when one is in an unhealthy state, you can feel it throughout the whole of who you are. Now, today in the podcast, we're going to talk about the whole of who you are. We're going to talk about healthifying the cells of your body to actually help transform your mind. I love this episode so much. In fact, we talked a really long time. So we're going to break it up into two parts because there's a lot here. And I want to make sure that you have plenty of time to digest and absorb the information Now, today on the show, we're going to be talking about minerals, mindset, polarity, so many amazing topics, and I have a special guest, an expert in the field, Nisia Nelson. Nisia has so much to offer. She's a mother, teacher, and steward of the feminine frequency that rests in the female physiology. She chaperones women back to their true nature using nutrition, somatic healing, remineralization, and the wisdom of their own bodies. Nisia believes that robust fertility, abundant energy, and embracing of motherhood are all birthrights for every woman. That belief brought her through her own dance with burnout, diet culture, and complex PTSD landed her in her body for the first time in her adult life. Since then, she has dedicated her time to understanding how our relationship with nature and food influences and directs our psychology and perception of the world around us. Nisia's offerings are a rare pairing of psychotherapy and bioenergetics drawing on her diverse professional background. I am so honored to have Nisia here to share her wealth of wisdom, and I hope that you'll check out her work, which is going to be mentioned at the end of today's show and over in the show notes. Now, like I said, these episodes are going to be a lot to process and absorb. It's going to maybe shift your paradigm in the health space, which is what we're all about here at The Living Well. So make sure you head on over to thelivingwell.com to learn more in the show notes and also find where you can learn more or participate in one of Nisia's world-renowned programs that she has to offer. And while you're there, don't forget to sign up for the weekly feel email. I think you're going to love it. And I'm going to be sharing more about my journey, understanding more about Nisia's work and what she recommends with the remineralization of our body. I can tell you, this was a big deal in my own healing journey, and I can't wait to share more over there. Again, you can find all of that at thelivingwell.com. But for now, I want to dive right into today's show because it is a good one. So let's welcome to the show, Nisia. Welcome to the show, Nisia. Thank you so much for having me. 
Yeah. This conversation today has been one that I have been looking forward to for a really long time. And so I'm so honored that you came on the show and we're going to dive into a topic that I have heard you talk about and I've been so fascinated by, and it makes so much sense, but I don't think that there's a lot of knowledge being spread about this. And that's our mineral association to our emotions. And really this combination of our biology with our psychology and how important that is to the overall scope of our body and how we show up in life. So I just want to start by just asking a little bit about your story and where you developed um, this knowledge and why this is so important in your life. For sure. I studied psychology in university And that was a wonderful experience for me that I wouldn't trade for anything. Mm -hmm. I spent quite a number of years teaching parenting and learning about early child development. And so, of course, the nervous system was a really prominent feature in that education. And then I dived quite deeply into somatic work and started to understand how our past experiences and other events in our lives could be housed in our somatic body and how we can work with those things to bring ourselves into a greater state of homeostasis. But there was something really missing for me personally in my own process and as well in the clients that I was spending time working with. And what I noticed is that women predominantly were struggling with perhaps looping trauma or other patterns in their bodies in a way that felt like there should be some key there to unlocking a greater level of healing. Mm. And when I discovered nutrition and minerals, everything clicked for me in a profound way. And not only did it impact my own healing, but it's impacted every single client that I've had since then and given me the answer that I was looking for. And that's how my understanding came full circle on how our biology and psychology interact in an intimate way. Yeah. And I really want to dive into that. Like the the understanding that our emotional state is being influenced or influencing our mineral state of our body, which is so important to the overall health of our system. Can you just start to make some of those linkages? Like what have you found in that connection? I think it's great the way you've contextualized it, but I also want to bring it around to the other way, which Uh is that our mineral status really informs our emotions and Mm -hmm. that relationship becomes reciprocal. So what you said is absolutely true that then our emotions continue to influence the mineral status, but I believe it starts with Mm -hmm. the status in your cells. So if you go through a stressful event and you lose minerals because your stress hormones are elevated, then you begin to create a cascade of impact in your body that then informs your psychology on an ongoing basis. And the question is, what happens first? I mean, we could make some hypothesis about children that are exposed to deep deep states of mineral loss in utero and whether they would be then attracted to more stressful situations as they grow because of the fact that they're coming into the world in a depleted state. 
Mm. Our psychology is influenced by our minerals because minerals run enzymes in the body and enzymes run hormones and hormones are like a lens that you apply to the world around you. And that's a very simplified version of that more scientific concept, Mm -hmm. but it encompasses the basics of what you need to know for why the content of your food, the water you're drinking, and whether you're losing excess minerals because of stress might inform how you view your partner, how you view, view stress, and how resilient you are, what kind of job you choose and how you interact with the people in your life. Yeah. I mean, you can see how powerful it is across the scope of your entire life. And it really brings the full picture of health into view to say, it's not just one facet of health that is just changing your body, but it's changing how you interact with the people around you and your workplace and what passions uh, light you up. So when we look at this, I mean, obviously we know that there's a huge demineralization of our world and that we're just not able to capture the minerals in the same way that we once were, which goes back to the quality of the foods. But we also see this like harshness. I don't, how do you, I guess I want to know from you, how do you, how does someone who is not maybe have the mineral mineralization that's healthy for this positive outlook on life to have these healthy relationships, to connect in deeper ways. What are we noticing in the psychology of these, these people, these men and women? I think it's really different for men than it is for women often. But in a broad sense, I would say that viewing your life situations as more stressful than they actually perhaps are. Mm-hmm is one big indicator that perhaps there's not the resilience in your system that you need to be able to meet the daily stressors of life. Have you had that experience where something feels much more overwhelming than it actually is? Oh yeah. And it's, yeah. And it's hard for you to see the end result of how it could be solved. So Uh the big picture thinking is really missing. Uh That happens with people who are diagnosed with quote unquote ADHD is they're unable to view what done looks like. So the task at hand feels really overwhelming to them. Mm. Mm -hmm. I believe ADHD is rooted in a mineral deficiency and some heavy metal accumulation, either from an in utero environment or something that happened in childhood and beyond. And I've seen dramatic healings of these manifestations of what we might call mental illness or clinical diagnosis just using food and proper remineralization. So you might be seeing somebody who on one end of the spectrum has a poor stress response or they're overwhelmed psychologically by the daily events of life or daily stressors, or it might look like an inability to be present for your children or your partner, or even an inability to see the big picture and find out how to move forward in your life in a sustainable way that honors your self first and your needs. Often with estrogen dominance, which is driven by mineral underpinnings, you'll see women who are constantly seeking stressful experiences or not able to be present in their bodies and feeling quite overwhelmed with circumstances in their lives 
And when you start to work on the mineral basis and bring those hormones back into homeostasis, they're able to face those stressors a lot more without the large emotional lens of this is way too much. Mm -hmm. I can't do this. This is, um, you know, impossible. There's a lot of psychological statements that we might hear that when one person says them, you might think, oh, they're speaking out their character. But when I hear that person speaking, I think, oh, they're talking to me about their biology. Mm, Yeah, that's so powerful. Are there certain emotions or states of our psychology that are directly related to a specific mineral? Or is it a general balance of minerals that we need in order to balance our psychology? Does that make sense? Like, is like uh, sadness associated with zinc or is it all of them needed in a balance in order to change that? I feel that there's a lot of parallels that you can draw archetypally between mm-hmm. minerals and emotions. For instance, if you see high calcium on an HTMA test, mm-hmm. you might see somebody who is stuck in their processing in their nervous system, or they're stuck in a parasympathetic shutdown state where they can't quite face or process the trauma. Mm. So there's definitely some correlations with emotional states, but I think it would be reductive to say that certain minerals are exactly associated with only one emotion. Mm -hmm. So I like to think of it in a more broad sense that, like you said, bringing homeostasis into the system requires balance on all levels. And then I do feel that there is some correlation between hormones and certain Mm -hmm. emotions. Estrogen has a very grasping quality to it, a fantasy quality. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. getting yourself into situations where you're projecting an ideal onto a person, a place, or a thing that isn't in line with reality. And that keeps happening over and over and over again. This happens in dating quite a bit. And progesterone carries the quality of big picture thinking, possibility, uh, proper holding and containment of what you've grown and accomplished in your life. Mm. So things, things are wonderful when they bloom, but you have to be able to hold the expansion as well. And that's what progesterone gives us. So there's certain qualities that you can attribute to hormones. That's important because for every single woman, for them to be able to start to notice these qualities showing up in their psychology, and then be able to know in a really, really discerning way that those things are not a reflection of who they are, They are a reflection of a moment in time in their hormonal profile, and that can absolutely be changed. Mm -hmm. A lot of women think that because they're experiencing a certain emotion, that that's who they are as a person, and that leads to them devaluing themselves. Mm -hmm. It's so important that we are able to discern our feelings from who we are. And I think that the understanding of minerals and hormones and their delicate balance help us to do that in a broad sense. Yeah. I mean, it, like you said, it's just so powerful in, in changing the story and the paradigm that we've set before us and helping us to move forward in healing and health. 
I want to go back to what you said about estrogen. So can you clarify that a little bit more, the, the fantasy aspect of that? Absolutely. Um, my dear friend, Paris Hodges, who you can find on Instagram, has some pretty good highlights that I believe she's saved. So she really dives into that topic. But quickly, there's a tangible sense of projection and a adherence to something that could be that underlies the frequency of estrogen. And if you think about how that could apply in a wholesome sense, it makes complete sense because when you conceive a child, estrogen is the hormone that helps to develop the ovum Mm -hmm. into a dominant follicle, release it and grow it into something that eventually becomes a child. Mm -hmm. So being able to proliferate and grow is really important. And being able to see what something could become is very important. These are not things that we need to demonize, even if we're looking at how estrogen can be hard on a woman's system when it's imbalanced. It's important to see the good qualities of estrogen and how it plays a vital role in our lives. The key is that you don't want to be projecting those things onto situations where it's not helpful for you. Mm-hmm. So in the more shadow side, that can look like, you know, proliferating or growing something in your own psychology or in your relationship to somebody else that really is inappropriate for the time and place or not very good for you. And fantasy is one of the ways that that happens. We all know that sometimes women can be caught up in states of emotion where we go someplace in our psyche that just isn't in alignment with truth. Something as simple as suspecting that somebody has done something to you that really hasn't happened. Mm. And I think any woman who has had a menstrual cycle would say that they've experienced that one time, at least in their life. Mm -hmm. (laughs) When you have that happen to you, instead of seeing it as a reflection of who you are as a person, if you can say, you know what, I think that there's a little bit of high estrogen going on for me right now. I'm going to up my intake of carrot salad. I'm going to go and sweat in the infrared sauna, move my body, consume really high quality animal protein enough that my liver can do its job to excrete those estrogens and look at the state of my microbiome, which could be recirculating the estrogen, use things like castor oil packs or other tools to bring balance back to the gut. And maybe you see that pattern shift a little bit Mm. and start to make the connection between something that you thought was real and something that was simply happening in your body and expressing itself. So what I love about looking at the human body that way, especially for women, is it brings you into a deeper relationship with your own biology, which is what every single woman is seeking. Really, when we are honest with ourselves, so much of illness for women or imbalance actually brings us, if we're willing to go into a deeper relationship and knowing with ourselves that can just be a lifelong process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So those symptoms of high estrogen can lead us to thinking things or feeling things that are not in line with 
the actual facts of the situation. And so we're projecting something from our biology onto another person. And progesterone is the antidote to that when it comes into balance in the luteal phase. You can really feel a tangible return to this is all good. Mm -hmm. I can hold this. I don't know if you've ever had the feeling of, you know what? It's not a big deal. Mm -hmm. That's a progesterone feeling. Mm -hmm. So when we talk about rebalancing this, can this be done with how we speak to ourselves plus remineralization or... What Absolutely. does healing look like? Yeah. Like, <laughs> what where, is, where is, is it, is it first remineralization or is it both together? How, how we talk to ourselves and how we nurture ourselves? I mean, obviously there's a component of both, but does one have to come first? This is the best question because I think it's the one that every single person who seeks healing is asking, mm-hmm. you know, what you're summarizing when you ask that question is where do I start? Mm -hmm. Everybody wants to know where do I start? Where is the path? Where is the opening? I believe that nutrition is foundational for women. So it's not that there has to be one place in particular that you start, but if you start down a road of healing And trying to change your psychology, which rests more in the upper chakras of your body, if that's a system that you relate to, then if you're not nourishing yourself and your body is underfed and you don't have enough minerals for your body to actually make changes and hold them in your system, Mm -hmm. you might find that you don't get very far or you keep revisiting the same things over and over again. I like the advice and path of starting with the nutrition and minerals, because it's something that is accessible and simple. We can do it with a framework and it provides a foundation and a holding and a security for the feminine system to be able to expand into deeper states of self-reflection, self-love and self-knowing. Mm-hmm. I would recommend that every single woman starts with basic minerals, magnesium, sodium, potassium, making sure that those are being brought in in adequate amounts and a really good food foundation of over 2,500 calories a day and then see what happens. Mm -hmm. Once you're eating that way and you've established those habits, see what starts to come into your consciousness as a natural result of nourishing yourself. And that will give you a really good idea of what the next step down the path is. Mm. And you can trust that step more because you've created the foundation container for your body to be able to tell you what it is. Then whatever it's telling you becomes less risky because you have that that support, that grounding almost. And more in, in alignment with the truth. Mm-hmm. Because if you're not eating well, if you are abandoning your basic needs, how can the feedback from your body be informing you in a true way Mm -hmm. to align with truth and to resonate with truth? We need to come back to the basics of our biology, Mm -hmm. the basics of your cells, like magnesium basically is the most foundational mineral for the synthesis of ATP. You can't make energy without it. 
Mm-hmm. So if you're deficient in making energy, what will happen then as a result of your self-reflection process might not be indicative of a whole body holistic process. Whereas if you have enough energy and you're giving your body what it needs to be able to self-reflect in a sustainable way, then what you receive in return is going to be a lot more clear. Mm. When we talk about the remineralization and having this foundation, I mean, first and foremost, you said 2,500 calories, which I completely agree with that we have to be well-fed. But I still know that there's a lot of women who are listening to this thinking, I just downloaded an app for the new year and it told me to eat 1,200 calories or 1,500 calories. There's a massive fear of calories, which neglects the nourishment. Can you speak to that and help bring peace of mind that a calorie is not necessarily just going to put on all of this weight that women so fear? You know, like fearing fearing that is only accentuating the problem. I honestly believe that the weight gain has to become less important than the feeling of whole body wellness. Oh yeah. And And that's what I was going for anyways. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Some women might gain some weight. That's Mm -hmm. just the reality of a metabolic healing journey. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that we're sanctioning women becoming unhealthy in their systems, but the human body, especially the female body is meant to have some protective fat around the abdomen. Maybe not so much for men, (laughs) for women, uh, that, layer of fat protects the uterus and the reproductive organs. And so sometimes women have such a distorted view of what health looks like because they have been used to existing in the realms of diet culture and all the images that they see online of women with six pack abs, that they really have no frame of reference for what a well-fed and healthy woman looks like. Mm, mm-hmm. I'm probably four sizes bigger than I was when I started my metabolic healing journey. And I am the most at peace and calm in my nervous system that I have been in my entire life, mm. including my childhood. Mm-hmm. So in order to reclaim your right to feel connected to your life, well in your body, calm in your nervous system, and really integrate the positive aspects of your psychology into your whole being, it might mean that you have to gain a little bit of weight while you start to refeed yourself, especially if you have a history of restrictive eating. But I would submit to people who find that a bit scary, you know, what kind of quality of life are you experiencing in your psychology? And when will that become more important to tend to than what you might look like on the outside. Mm. Women mm-hmm. who eat enough too have a radiance about them that is undeniable. The shape of your body will change if you've restricted and now you're eating, of course it will. But your radiance, your fullness and your ability to inhabit that shape is going to just blossom. Mm-hmm. And The advice out there to eat less, to eat 1,200 calories a day, it's so detrimental for women. It completely neglects the needs of the feminine system, and especially it is hard on the thyroid. Mm -hmm. Thyroid function is needed for us to feel creative. 
So I would really encourage women to look at the basic, just the facets of your life that are not visible, not the state of your body from an external viewpoint, but how are you experiencing your feelings every day? Mm-hmm. You feel really able to drop into relationship with the people around you. Are you calm? Are you able to face challenges and to start making those things so much more important than what you look like on the outside? And for a period of time, you might go through some rebalancing of your system, but eventually your body, as it learns that you've dropped into a place of safety, will come into a profound state of homeostasis that you might not have been able to imagine before. Yeah. And you mentioned the word safety and that is so important to our biology and our psychology. And it's one that we often neglect in this, what I always consider is this outward approach to fixing our internal needs. And I think we just have like that equation wrong, right? Like I think when women think of trying to lose weight and being so concerned about their external appearance, I think they think in coming to that, that they'll fix their psychology, but it really does more harm, like you said, than good. And it causes a lack of safety. Can you talk about this need for safety inside of the body and what in our life creates that for us? We live in a profound time of external seeking of safety and the provision of safety is basically marketed to us as something that other people can give us or that we get through external means. And I love that you touched on coming from the inside out first, because that really is how women establish safety in their own bodies. And that's the skeleton key to healing your childhood Mm. as well is to establish that for yourself as a sovereign adult. So Mm. a lot of the time, you're absolutely right. Women look at pictures of somebody online and then they see that that woman is a proponent of over-exercising or some sort of other restrictive practice. And they think that because she looks happy in the photo or because she's marketing herself as well, that that means that she is safe in her body. Mm. And I would really encourage women to be critical of that Mm -hmm. process Safety is something that's established at a cellular level first. So when you're in utero, the sense of safety that you have based on your mother's basic energy production, how well she's nourishing herself, and perhaps what her experience in utero was, is the thing that sets your imprint for your basic state of, let's say, just like your your baseline safety. Mm. Mm -hmm. Uh, birth experiences have a huge part in that. And that's something that is worth going back and examining. If somebody is experiencing states of unsafety in their nervous system, sometimes it can go back that far. And then looking at your childhood as well. And if you want to do all those things, you have to establish metabolic safety first. Mm. The way that you communicate safety to your cells is with nutrients and minerals. Mm -hmm. So we are telling our body when we take in ancestral foods that are nutrient dense, it is okay to be here right now. Mm -hmm. I have enough. Unsafety is I'm not okay. I won't have enough. 
it's not okay to be here. Mm -hmm. The taking in of minerals communicates to our cells and all the processes in our body. It is safe to be here. We're going to run a baseline of homeostasis. And then we can go from there and expand into unpacking some things that perhaps have contributed to layers in our nervous system mm-hmm. that have informed a state of unsafety in our adulthood. Yeah. I I like how you show that the support of our biology is so necessary in healing the psychology aspect of that. And I'm sure there's that process when you go into the psychology healing and healing, like in my own personal journey, healing some of the the childhood wounds and the places that I've really held on to that caused me almost to live in the survival state for so long because it was so much work to hold on to all of this emotional baggage, so to say, while also depleting my biology. Like it was just... I mean, incredibly exhausting, right? Like no wonder we're sick and overwhelmed as a society. Like there's so much that we hold on to that's harming us. But as you're saying, and correct me if I'm wrong, there's the metabolic aspect of like creating safety within our biology and our metabolism and fueling our body with what it needs to then go through and unpack the wounds that we carry. Absolutely, because you can't go into that process in a full-bodied way if you're depleted. Mm, mm-hmm. That's kind of the ironic thing about stress is stress creates more stress. Mm-hmm. And the more stress is present in a feminine system, the higher you see estrogen rays and cortisol rays, they're synergistic together. And cortisol does that to protect us, but it's not something that should be used long-term as fuel. And when Mm -hmm. it is, it burns out all the minerals that the adrenals need to run effectively. Mm -hmm. And it competes with progesterone. And then that drives a further state of stress in the body. Mm -hmm. So biological stress creates emotional stress and the emotional stress creates more biological stress. And that's why it's so hard sometimes for women to jump out of that loop. Yeah. Like you're saying, it just can continue on and on and on until Mm -hmm. you're ready to experience something different. Mm -hmm. And I have not seen women be able to really unpack those things and change those patterns until they are able to start with the basics, start to refeed themselves, get nourished, bring in minerals create habits, structure, something predictable for your body to rely on because trauma and nervous system dysregulation are founded on unpredictability. Mm -hmm. If you want wellness, creating a habitual practice, even things like prayer before meals in whatever way that that looks for you and a nice walk after dinner, being in joy when you eat, just things that ground you into your daily routine, then you can start to bring in some natural unwinding of those things. But if you try and go really hard and fast into it, you're just going to re-traumatize your body and create more loops that your body Mm. then is going to jump in with other stress Mm -hmm. hormones to protect you from. Yeah. Our bodies have such a powerful way to protect us. It's 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 all all purposeful. (laughs) Yeah. When you start the psychology aspect of it, and I know you're doing somatic healing, which maybe you can describe that a little bit for those who don't know what that is. 
when you help someone start to unravel this and unpack this, because I do think a lot of people feel like they're going to re-traumatize themselves or they're they're just going to walk back into the pain. How do you help someone start that process and get through that process and come out the other side of the process healthier? I definitely feel that women need to be in six month or year long containers of exploration when they're going Mm -hmm. through such a deep process that way. And so I don't work in less than six month intervals with women Mm -hmm. for that reason, because they deserve to have the process be slow and medicinal for them, not quick and Mm -hmm. life-changing overnight for them to really receive the medicine of their own healing takes time. So we Mm -hmm. start with the foundations. Sometimes that takes four months for a woman to drop into a place where she's tracking her menstrual cycles effectively. She's able to tune into her body. She starts to make some changes in how she's eating. She's bringing in more minerals through food. She's noticing the posture of her body when she's eating. Mm. Even small things like eating on the run versus sitting down and eating for 15 minutes and taking time to feel into chewing your food, digesting your food, and setting aside space for yourself so that you're not trying to do 10 things at once. Habits like that can take a lot of time to establish as much as it sounds funny. And Mm -hmm. then moving into bringing in some practices to start to tune into what is naturally occurring and coming up in your system. Because a lot of the time we take a prescriptive program framework, something that we've seen on the internet or a 12 steps or three steps, and we try and apply it to our life. But when we do that, we miss the wisdom of our body. Mm, I like women to drop into the wisdom of their body through re-nourishment, create a really good foundation of structure, routine, nutrients, minerals, And then start to listen deeply to what is coming up for them and presenting itself that wants to be unwound first. Mm. It can be something really surface. Like I said yes to this job five years ago. And you know what? I really haven't been happy. And the first thing that I need to do before I start to dive into my childhood is to change my environment. Mm -hmm. So sometimes the structural changes come first after the foundations, the structural changes come along and we reorient the circumstances of life to be more supportive to that person's general returning to themselves. Mm. Change in job, change in relationship, change in structure of family. Perhaps they were working full-time and trying to raise four kids. Okay, we're going to move out of the city, take a, a different approach to home and family, and I'm going to stay home half-time. Mm-hmm. and take some time for myself. So these can look like various types of structural changes, but I find that that usually comes after the nutritional part is well established. After that happens, then sometimes when those pieces are in place, it just creates so much more of a window for a woman to walk through to start to unpack these childhood experiences or things that have happened to them that have created the dysregulation in their nervous system in the first place. And then those changes tend to be anchored in, in a way that is lasting where you'll hear a woman say, 
I really feel like I've moved past that pattern for good. Mm-hmm. Or when it comes up, I can view it objectively and I don't get pulled into it the way I used to. I see myself in a, as an observer of my life, not that I'm in it and it's a reflection of who I am necessarily in every single circumstance. Mm-hmm. So there's those distinct phases that I see happen with women. And it usually takes six months to a year to really see those processes land in their system in a way that will carry them forward for a long time. Mm. Yeah. Do you feel or do you find that once women start to really dive into those that they have to, I mean, obviously this is a long process, that it starts to deplete their nutrient base again, and then you have to come go through a period of almost refeeding and renutrification again, or... Once you have that base and you maintain that base, it sustains. Like, can you get into trauma so deep and pain so wound up that it's physically exhausting even with the base? I truly believe that if you set the nutritional foundation first, Mm -hmm. a few things happen. Number one, you wouldn't go that far into a trauma that would deplete you because your body would stop you before that happened. Mm, so you're yeah. you're integrating some self-management wisdom into your system that hopefully mm. won't bring you into that same pattern that you might have had in your past where you go too far too fast. Mm-hmm. So I would never be leading women into work that would deplete them because that would be the antithesis to my... Yes. reason I'm here. <laughs> yeah, right. I think you can go that far if you're not careful, but there would be a place where you have a choice to listen or not. And you would be taking a road where you're choosing to go too deeply into something too soon if you mm-hmm. were to end up in that place. So hopefully the way healing is happening in a nourished system is really in line with the time and pace that's appropriate for the woman. Yeah, And we get ahead of those things by looking at what might be coming up and bringing in the nutrients and the minerals to support that mm-hmm. and looking at the woman in a full spectrum way through labs, through emotions, through spiritual exploration, where we really know what specific things would be good to bring in to make sure that they don't blow their system out. Right. Which is right. a form of it that that's that in itself is a form of self-harm mm-hmm. that women do to themselves every single day. Speaking to that, yeah. <laughs> to to reclaim the right to not go through that mm-hmm. is the foundation of what nourishment is. So we would mm-hmm. never be leading ourselves down that path if we're in tune with how much is too much. Mm-hmm. The, the definition of trauma is it was too much of something mm-hmm. or not enough of something, mm-hmm. but often it's too much, too much anger from another person, too much violence from another person or violence in general from another person. Um, you know, you can extrapolate and look at various ways that shows up in the bodies and lives of women, but we want to not go into too much. You'll see this with women who just start to refeed themselves and they want to take every single supplement Mm. that's out there because Mm -hmm. they believe that it's the gatekeeper to their healing and coming back to listening to what is right for your body 
And choosing the things that are uniquely specific for you is part of that process of healing. Mm -hmm. So you're reclaiming the right to not have to do too much, be too much, take in too much, go too far too soon. Mm -hmm. Okay. I really hate to stop the podcast there because there is so much more coming your way in part two of this podcast episode with Nisia. And in the next part, we're going to talk about, is talk therapy the only way to heal from trauma? What about supplementation? And what does this look like to actually live it out, to live true to who you are, to live a nourished and healthy life outside of all the other diet pictures that we've been shown? I hope you'll stay tuned because if you love the first part, you're definitely going to love part two. Now, in the meantime, don't forget to head to thelivingwell.com. Check out the show notes where we dive more into the remineralization of your body. And if you're struggling with that, or if you really want to take things to the next level, you should check out my metabolic workshop. It's a quick crash course on what it looks like to truly nourish your body from the inside out. You can find that all over at thelivingwell.com. Click on classes and check out the metabolic workshop. I think you're going to love it. Okay, that's it for now. Don't forget, if you're loving the podcast, make sure you hit subscribe so you're the first to know when the next podcast drops and also leave a rating and review. You only have to do it once and it literally means the world to me. If you haven't left a rating and review or hit subscribe, head on over to thelivingwell.com backslash review or do so wherever you listen to podcasts. Okay, that's it for today. I will be back here in the next podcast with part two of this amazing podcast with Nisia. Nisia.